Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Hey, you know, Martha, one of the things that, that frustrates me more than anything when we sit down with couples and they are like, okay, so you guys are having problems and uh, they're, the problems are, uh, they're fixable. Do you guys spend any time talking? No. Do you guys spend any time praying together? No. Do you guys ever read your Bible? No. Couples fail to do the very simplest of things in order to make their marriage as strong as possible. And really today, I want to make sure we talk about this in depth as we as we dig deep into secret number three. But I just, I'm asking the listeners, and I'm not going to soapbox it today, but boy, you know, if you're having problems at home, whether maybe you're having problems with your kids, maybe you're having problems with your spouse, or maybe you're having problems with your kids and your spouse, maybe you're having problems with your boss, your employees, whatever it may be, just communicate. You know, so many people do all this arguing in their head. They, they have these conversations with imaginary people in their head instead of having conversations with those that they love and that they've committed their lives to or that they've given birth to. Communication sometimes is difficult, but it's necessary. So just take time to communicate. And today we're going to talk in detail about the art of listening and being present. But, you know, in order to do all of these things, we just need to take a paradigm shift of our minds and do what Romans 12, 2 says. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because this is what the world says. When things get difficult, give up, pack your bags, 
Turn your head and leave. Walk away and leave because it's just too doggone difficult. You know what? When you're at the altar, you said, till death do us part, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health. Why is it just because you're disagreeing on things? You can't work through it for crying out loud. Stop being mamby, bamby, mamby, pamby, weenie bud Christians. Work on your marriages. Every marriage is fixable. I soapboxed. Every marriage is fixable (laughs) if both the husband and wife would work on it. Every marriage is fixable. It doesn't matter. And Jesus came to restore all things, including marriage. And marriage was good till 50, 60 years ago, but it's always got room for improvement. It's not... It's not a waste of time. It's awesome being married to your best friend. But Romans 12, too, keep that in mind. Stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. we got to stop thinking the way the world does. The world is screwed up. Stop. Stop thinking that way. If, you, if you're getting your answers from Red Book or, or uh, what, what's the one that's at the... Uh, you know, cosmopolitan or whatever. If you're getting your answers from some magazine that tells you what to do in relationships, you know what? That's a waste of time. Open up your Bible, Christ followers, and see what the Lord has to say about relationships. You know, Martha, we uncovered this book, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage by Dr. Kim Kimberling. We're talking about secret number three today, the art of listening and being present. And boy, it's a it's, it just seems like it's almost an impossibility for some people. Well, and the secret word is connect. So that's the simple one word of secret number three. So the word connect, I mean, it just makes sense. If we really want to have an in-depth relationship, we connect. We don't just survive and you know live side by side. We connect with each other. So that's what it's all going to be about today. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Boy, if we would do that in every relationship that we have, we'd have a lot less conflict. You know, Martha, before we get into the deep conversation, I don't know, maybe we should just share, how's Christ making a difference in our lives? You know, we're spending a lot of time getting ready for the cruise. We cruise are. is coming up in a month. What's today's date? Uh, the Today's date is the, uh, let's see, it is 19. the 19th. It's the night, so it's less than a month from That's today. True. It is on the 18th of February, and when so when we're getting ready. We, we've we've got our session breakout sessions on communication. Man, we got like four tests to help you determine your communication level. We've got a breakout session on uh, forget not breakout main sessions on uh, communication, forgiveness, handling your money, uh, spiritual time management. Breakout sessions on step families, blended families, and on biblical entrepreneurship in marriage. There's a lot of good stuff there. And it's not too late for people to get involved. It's not. Um, I was just emailing back and forth with our cruise director today, and he was telling me, you know, it's really just up to whatever is available still on the ship, but we have room for just a couple more couples. So if anybody likes that last-minute uh, decision to take a cruise, which is a really good decision sometimes to just say, you know what, next month, yeah, we could do that. Just a long weekend together and investing in your marriage. So it's just an option out there for people if anybody's been curious and wanting to know more not too late to apply go out to iworkrim.com click on the cruise tab it's under the events tab right yeah that's what it's called okay all right fantastic you know martha right before the break i said hey we should talk about how christ is making a difference in our lives and then you let me get on this uh, soapbox talking about the cruise well 
And it was an understandable soapbox because you were where I know your mind was going because I know you so well. That's where every was that moment you were has thinking been spent. about that's where all your time has been spent. You've been doing a lot of studying, a lot of research. And I know that God uses that study and that research to make a difference in your life. And so I think that you just went to the cruise and then telling everybody they should come. So, and we agree <laughs> and I agree with that comment and all that you shared, but I know that for us, um, just like anybody who teaches in a class or a home Bible study, or um, even when you're training for something for work, when your life revolves around it, that's what is impacting your life at the moment. So I think for, uh, I know for us that that is a lot of what we've been focusing on and dwelling on. And that's where God's making a difference in us. And sometimes he uses those topics to, to make us stronger and, um, and get sometimes even we get examples for the classwork out of it. I'm just tired of being tired. And so far in our retrospective resolution responses, have we gone on a walk yet? No, I was thinking <laughs> so now that we just have to walk. this morning. We have a lot of days of catching up. To we have 19 there, days divided by three. So we got, I don't know, we're supposed to do three days a week. It's the fourth week. We need to walk 12 days of walking in the next week to catch up. We're not yeah. going to catch up. I still haven't lost the weight again at Christmas. I did. You can both walk home from here. We, we could. could. That would catch up for about a, a right. lot of weeks. I'm of just walking. thinking Howard Frankel is just not a place no. for pleasure walking. In fact, one night oh, we, we saw somebody walk. on a bicycle on yes, the Howard Frankel, and we were pretty sure that wasn't even legal. I'm or something. pretty sure it's not legal, and it's also natural selection. All right. So, <laughs> but let me just talk. I've been reading in my devotions. I decided for this first quarter I would focus on the Psalms because there's, you know, I've read the Psalms many times, but just like last year, I focused all on the New Testament, the the epistles. Because I really needed to dig deeper into them. I want to dig deeper into the Psalms because I, I read them, but I, I'm really, I need, I got buddies that they quote them all the time. Like, I got, I got to be able to do that. I got to be able to reference where they're at and what's being talked about. So that's my focus, reading three or four of those a day, just trying to get that, uh, just get through there. It's been, it's just been where I'm, I'm at in my personal devotions. But I will say the one thing we have succeeded in doing is, Adding this daily devotional, the Jesus Calling for Couples morning. Well, it's not for couples. Okay, we're using it as a couple's Jesus Calling. We are. And it's good. We're the morning and night Jesus Calling. Although we do it mostly at night. <laughs> That's right. We've been and doing almost every day we say, oh, we should have read, read the morning this, one this in the morning. morning. Oh, this was really good. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. But we didn't. And so we haven't. We're still trying to figure that out, but hey, we're just being transparent right here on the air. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I don't I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little tired today. I have to get up. I did, no Mountain Dew and very little Mountain Dew. I, I should have pounded one from 7-Eleven, you know, for 69 cents. Sorry, I'm not going to no give them No way. Okay. okay. So can I share about what I'm reading? Well, of course. Oh, okay. You don't have to ask permission to talk. It's our show. Go well, ahead. I know. I just wanted to ask, I guess. So I'm, I've been, I'm in first and second Timothy right now and read this morning about leaders and you know being the they had a name like um overseer i think because it talks about the elders or deacons but it also talks about the overseer and i had to look that up but that's the exactly but just the um the responsibility that your home life be well um 
connected really, which is kind of what we're talking about here is that it has to be a priority. Being in leadership is not about just being in leadership and putting your family on a shelf and forgetting about them and, and prioritizing. You know, I love the life application study Bible. We both use it and the notes I'm reading every single note on every single verse and just the way that it um, is challenging um just the understanding of each verse has been fabulous well and that's my problem with the life application bible there's not notes on every verse okay but there's a lot i know but i want there's every once in a while i find a verse i really want to understand about and that one doesn't have any okay well there's other ways to learn yes there is i pull up my computer but i don't want to turn my computer on during devotion time because then i get distracted but that's the place where you could go but I'm trying not to use my computer there or my phone. There are things called concordances. Which is in the rafters. Well, we could get it down. Boy, I'm just going to overcome all your objections really? right here. Can you overcome the, the objections that I think we should have brownies in the studio right now? Can you overcome that objection? No, I have a bowl of fruit here by our side. Doesn't that count? All right. So see, well, go I, ahead, Jose. I think your account executive is going to be running in here any moment now with those brownies. <laughs> with the brownie. <laughs> we right, had so, brownies for breakfast. So I had three small little brownie bites. And a banana but for the were record. They brownies? Took, um, they were brownies with chocolate chips. Okay. All right. So, secret number three from the book, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage by Dr. Kim Kimberling. Connect the art of listening and being present. You found a, a page in the book that I really think it summarizes the most excellent way for couples to start their communication. Go ahead. Well, this just was very profound because it's so very true, but it talks about how the first five minutes that a couple is together in the evening, assuming they don't work together, but even we work together, there's still sometimes we come home at different times. The first five minutes that a couple is together in the evening sets the tone for the night and taking time. Forget that. Oh, were you trying to be funny? Yeah, I was trying to be funny. Okay. Taking time to connect makes the difference. And so what he was talking about in the book is he gives two examples of coming home from work and being tired and going and sitting down and watching TV. And then they have dinner, but they don't really ever talk. And then they watch TV and then they go to bed. He said, that's one choice. Or I could come home and I can look for where my wife is in the house because she's already home and hug her and kiss her and talk about our day and really connect. And what a difference that makes. He said that doesn't mean we still don't have dinner and maybe watch a little TV, but it, whatever they're doing, they're connecting intentionally about their who they are and what they've done and how their day has been. And he said that makes all the difference in the world and that I can think about the times where, you know, maybe you've come home and this is not always the case because I am very rarely home before you and cooking dinner. But I, I can visualize I mean, I to talk to you about that. I can visualize times where like maybe I got home and I'm making dinner and you come home and I'm in the middle of something that you can't stop stirring because it's on the on the stove. And and I've maybe ignored you a little more than I should have. And I can deliberately remember. I mean, I can profoundly remember that we've had conflict in those evenings and different approaches to our evening than when I paid better attention to you and you paid better attention to me. And so I I just told you, I'm like, that is a key element right there. First five minutes you spend together, make it really a connection. Okay, there's the show for today. We're going to have music (laughs) playing the rest of the hour. That how that works? Uh, maybe how it works. But no, but I, I hope that's the one thing people can take away. Well, I think it's a great idea. I think we should start practicing tonight. 
when we get home tonight. Making sure we connect, even though we're driving together and yeah, all that. Okay. So let me, let's apply this to the workplace because don't you think the very same. I don't think we should be kissing and hugging too much in the workplace. No, I totally agree with that. But how we take these relationship tips and somehow we can translate them into the workplace and how we relate to other people. (laughs) Don't you think that the first five minutes of when you arrive at work in the morning can set the tone for the morning? And the whole work day. I agree. I was thinking about that because I had um, somebody said to me, oh, my day is going to be awful because this happened to me in the morning. And I'm like, don't let that happen. Don't let that awful thing dictate your whole day. You mean like a really long commute? A long commute in the rain. Or, or in the, the sunshine, snow. just because there's stupid people driving out no, there. No, but or maybe their hairdryer broke, or that hurts me all the time. I know it really affects your day. My Rex, curling arm your day. <laughs> I can't get my brush to just get the knots out of my hair. But you know, we let little things like that affect our day, and so anyway, we like get a to grumpy it. person in the line at Starbucks. It just it totally impacts everybody at Starbucks, and then for you, you for the rest of the day. I. W- yeah, sure. If you, I've were heard in stories. Life, you've heard stories. I've you've heard, heard stories. about that. So think about that when you arrive at work, greeting people, welcoming them, tell them you hope they have a great day. You're looking forward to the project you're working on, whatever it might be. That connection can set the tone for the whole day at work. So I think that that this this principle really applies both at home and in the workplace. Well, really, as you as you listen to the together on Tuesday program on I Work for Him with Martha and I. You know, our goal here is just to challenge the way you look at your relationships, to understand that the world is attacking, constantly attacking and telling everybody that marriage is an old institution. It doesn't apply anymore, that it's that it's out of date and that, you know, when you just get tired of one person, you move on to the next person. I challenge you, go to somebody, go to the average person who has given up on their marriage five years after they give up on it and said, hey. The average person, not, there are some that there are definitely people that, you know, divorce was a better option than abuse and things like that. But, you know, do you wish you'd have worked through it? You know, Focus on a Family did a study 20 years ago and they said 50% of the people said that absolutely I wish I'd have worked through it because divorce is a death that just keeps on giving. And one of the number one ways, Martha, for people to eliminate the potential for divorce is to talk. If they would just talk, it would eliminate Almost all instances of divorce because they're talking about the things that are struggling with them. I mean, because the things that lead to adultery, the things that lead to, you know, the things that destroy marriage is a lack of communication. Because people, if people were telling about, wow, you know, I'm really, I'm really hurting. I really feel like we're not spending any time together. I really feel like you're not listening to me. If you actually have conversation with people, they actually can work on stuff. Yeah. And that's why the, the word for this secret number three from this book that word the word is connect and and really what do you do when you were dating each other you did everything to connect you wanted to talk you wanted to look in their eyes you wanted to understand what they were feeling and thinking and and then we get very lazy really we, we that's do. what happens we and get we, lazy we think it's just going to continue well, don't give it all away <gasps> don't okay it all, don't give it all, all right all right. I'll stop. All right, we're talking today about secret number 3 the art of listening and being present And the secret is connect. Oh, which you need to have that word when you call in to win the CD. They need to know the secret word. Connect. If not, Jose might coax them along a little bit. He might. (laughs) But we're looking forward to people calling in and getting a copy of that. All right. The difference between... 
communication in dating versus communication in marriage. Yeah, we just get pretty lazy. I think that uh, it doesn't take... Excuse me. Well, we do. And we, meaning... You and the mouse in your pocket or what? Um, An assortment of people in any group that might be grouped together... In as marriage. In, in we. <laughs> so I'm just making up a definition. I don't but know. But I, I okay. think that it's very easy in marriage for life to get busy and for people in general to get lazy when it comes to connecting. All you right. can still do life together and not connect. All right. Okay. But in what the point was, she mentioned to me offline, I want to make sure we get back to it, okay. is that dating couples spend on average three hours a day Communicating. Right. Married couples spend on average five minutes. So 180 minutes versus five minutes. That is pathetic. That's a 3,000% difference. You can really do the math that quickly? No, I made it up. Okay, but it sounded good. It, well, it's, it's, it sounds bad, it's actually. Bad. It's, it's, it's at least 3,000%. Well, yeah, five sure, that times 3,000, that'd be 15, that'd be 150 minutes. Okay. I have no idea, really. It's, just, it's but it's a, a way lot. decrease. It's a big time de- decrease. Way to go on that one. Yeah. Really. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but but the good news is there's there's for, there's a fix for this. I mean, you and I in our marriage, one of the things that because we've ended our days in prayer since we started dating, from the very first date, we have always ended our days talking. Yes. Which is why I was mostly late for curfew, mom and dad, as you're listening to this, because we would talk and then we would pray. There might have been a little kissing going on, but we were talking and we were praying, honestly. And, and so it's it's important that people, that's why we try to get people to, when we work with a married, a married couple that's going through mentoring, we say, do you pray together? No. Do you read your Bible? No. Do you talk together? No. We The first assignment from every week is we said, you need, first assignment is end every day in prayer together, holding the hands, looking in each other's eyes with your eyes closed. Uh, spend time, get back into your Bible. Spend 15, put 15 minutes on your Outlook calendar so you can read or so you can talk, talk to each other. Talk, Well, and that's what it talks about in the book is that, you know, this doesn't, the the decrease in the communication and the connection doesn't happen overnight. But for some reason, we lose the priority. We no longer make it a priority to connect with our spouse it's like working out and because you're getting ready for a marathon and then when the marathon's over, you never run again, but you think you're going to stay in as good a shape. No, it, it has to be a priority. It has to be something that you continue to work at. And so for a lot of people, other things get in the way. And so it be, other things become a distraction and you need to, the book talks a lot about the fact that you need to choose. You have to make choices. And you have to choose for connecting to each other to be a priority. It wasn't 3,000. What is it? 3,600. 3,600% in yes. decrease? Yes. Okay, that's a lot. Well, no, or it's an increase. Oh, I can't figure it out. Well, no, it's, a, it's okay. Well, a decrease, it would be only like 98% or something like that. Okay. But the point is that when we were dating, we couldn't wait to talk to each other. And when you and I were dating, we would talk for hours on the phone. We'd fall asleep on the phone. Yes. And that was back in the days when the phones had little twisty cords connected to the wall. <laughs> yes, All right. So we, we just need, let's, we stop making a priority because we let life get in, in, in the way. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that we really need to talk about during the next segment is what are some of the things we can do to be intentional in order to build that back up? Because we've, we've already laid it out. 
We've gotten lazy, and it's and it honestly, it's happened in our marriages, it's happened in our workplaces. We just take people for granted, and we're busy. We're all busy. Everybody always says, Jim and Martha, you guys are really busy. Really? No, everybody's busy. What do you do with your time? And how are you spending it? Are you spending it with each other? You have the opportunity to have the most amazing relationship. Besides your relationship with your Heavenly Father, you have the opportunity to have the most amazing relationship in your life. That's with your spouse, with your wife or your husband. But it takes time, investment. Remember why you married them? That's why you should talk to them. We're talking about connecting the art of listening and being present. An excerpt from the book, The Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage, written by Dr. Kim Kimberling. Martha, you look like you're just dying to say something as we go in. No? No. <laughs> she was looking at her phone. I thought she'd seen something really, really incredible. All right. So you we, we talked about right for the break, and you mentioned it during during the silence in between mm-hmm. the breaks, is that just being in each other's presence does not connect us to connect somebody's got an in, initiate. And and but then you made this comment, you know, we should really talk about tell your spouse when you feel like you're the most connected. And you said, we can't talk about that in the air. I'm like, that's not when I feel the most connected. When I feel the most connected is when we're sitting side by side on a back porch or on the beach or walking hand in hand down the beach and we're talking. I'm When we're just sharing life, that's when I feel most connected. That's awesome. And so what it was saying in the book was that you need to communicate that to each other because what one person thinks is connection, another person may not. And so you may feel very disconnected when the other person is thinking, I'm being really intentional and trying to, you know, build up the marriage. So, and then it it went on to just have a word of encouragement that if you're having this conversation with your spouse, you're already working on connecting. And I thought that was a great encouragement because if you're saying, hey, I want to connect with you in a better way, you're well on your way to already doing that. Big words. Oh, you're quiet. What are you thinking? <laughs> oh, um, I know what you're doing. He's taking notes as well. No, 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 no. I'm the practicing ne- the next line the, in our outline. The next part is about silence. And so he I was, did that really good, didn't <laughs> you I? Did. I'm like, what's wrong dead with Dead air. He's I don't usually talking. let dead air. <laughs> he's looking at me. You should have seen the freaked out look on her face <laughs> as to why I wasn't saying anything. I didn't know if you uh, That's kind of funny. You look kind of flushed. time or yes. what? No, I, massive heart attack. Um, so let's talk. And if I have one it's okay let me go let me go all right let's talk about silence because silence communicates a lot well it can sometimes communicate really bad stuff yeah like the silent treatment that's not good immature stop acting like a three-year-old silent treatment is a three-year-old response to you hurt my feelings if you want to be that way go out on a playground and play with (laughs) three-year-olds That was profound. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I just, you know what? Not effective, not mature. If your feelings been hurt, tell your spouse. Let the emotions drain out of it. But the silent treatment is just stupid. I mean, it is literally stupid. Let me just say it one more time. If you use the silent treatment to communicate dis, a dis, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not sure. Disapproval, uh, disgust, disappointment. Dis anything. Dis anything to your spouse. You're acting like you're three. So that's stupid. Even if you're because most of the time, sometimes their spouses don't even know, or maybe they've already apologized, and you're still giving a silent treatment. Why? I mean, it just there's nothing good about that. However, there's the other side of that equation, where sometimes silence is okay. It's healthy. Talk about it. 
Okay, so for us, like you were just saying, some of the ways that you most love to connect is sitting next to each other on the beach, reading books, or, I mean, sometimes we're talking, sometimes we're doing our own thing, reading, catching up, studying for a show or something like that, but we're doing it shoulder to shoulder, and in you can have comfort in that silence because you know there's no issues between you. You're just enjoying being in each other's presence without having the need to talk. Most people listening right now are having a hard time picturing the two of us being silent. <laughs> we do. We do. We do be. We're we really do be silent. Good at it. We do be silent sometimes. <laughs> we do be silent. And, and, but it's it's it is. We have to be intentional about it. I mean, that's why we got to go on vacation. But what it's but the point is that knowing that that kind of silence is healthy. We're not not talking because we're mad at each other. We're comfortable in that silence because we know that. There's nothing between us at that point. And if there is, we spend time talking about it. And it is, you know, we, we have learned, and Martha's learning. I, I knew this ahead of time, but sometimes I just need to, if we're having an argument, I need to step back for just a minute to cool my head down because I tend to be a hothead when my feelings get hurt and then come back and have a conversation. Uh, but that's not the silent treatment. It's just like, I, I just, if I, if we that's keep breathing. getting pushed, it's breathing. It's <laughs> yeah, That's right. Taking a breather. But it. Let's just, I mean, just hear, here's how. Sometimes silence is good, but if you're using the silent treatment to communicate something to your boss, to your employees, to your spouse, to your children, you're just acting like you're three. Yeah. Not a very good psychology method, and you're not accomplishing anything but to convince people that you're immature. And there's a solution for every argument. There is. Sometimes you're just wrong. Okay. All right. So let's be positive. Can we end this on positive of stuff? Of course. Three ways to connect well. Three ways. Three three ways to connect well. And all of these ways, one of it, the book talks a lot about the fact that you need to look in the mirror. You need to look at how your spouse is seeing you. Every time I look in the so you when you look in the mirror when you see me you see my father because every time I look in the mirror I'm like oh my gosh my father's looking at me in the mirror. That's not what you're saying. No. Oh. More like. No offense, Dad. Seriously, no offense. How is my spouse seeing this situation? Not not what if my hair is in the right place or anything on my head. Like uh, the seven highly successful habits of highly successful people. Seven highly, whatever. That one, seek to understand. Yes. That is a very good way to say look in the mirror. Yeah, that's not something I'm really good at. Seeking to to understand. Stopping, listening, seeking to understand before I overreact. Normally, That's our last point. Normally, I overreact. Then I humble myself and apologize and then seek to understand. All right. So when it's talking about the three ways. <laughs> Notice to she con- left that alone. No. I'm the, the, so the so three ways okay. that we want to make sure right. we talk about right. is number one, having compassion. And we do that through accepting what your thoughts and your feelings as my spouse are. Having compassion for your position and letting me understand where it is you're coming from. So that is an effective way to connect. Well, and, and having compassion, I mean, we're just talking about demonstrating Christ-like qualities in our communication. And even when people were being stupid around Jesus, he had compassion on them. And then he just told them the truth. I mean, to the people he loved, he was very gentle. To the people that, well, he loved everybody, but to the Pharisees who were just being stupid, he just was, he had compassion on them. He felt bad that they were so lost. But in our, with our own spouses, these are the people that we live, breathe, and die with. We need to have compassion on them because sometimes they're having a bad day and they can't see clearly either. We need to just take a step back 
and have compassion and try to understand. Well, you know, and really that ties into a lot of the Tuesday shows that we do in the sense that we're always trying to understand how God created each of us and how we have different love languages and different money personalities and different things that God created. They're not wrong. They just might be different than the way I see life. And so by me understanding you more, I have more compassion for your point of view. Does it scare you? Does it scare me? (laughs) Trying to understand me more. I don't know, Jose. You hear about him a lot, too, on the air. What do you think? Jose, has he gotten to know me? Does it scare you when you start to think you actually know what I'm thinking? Uh, Not scare. It's just, you know, we're getting to know each other. You know, that's how I look at it. But really, it's uh, together on Tuesdays with Martha, not together on Tuesdays with Jose. But you chimed in earlier, so he pulled you back in. I chime in when when I'm trying to, like, bolster what Martha's saying because you're you're just, like, flying off the handle in there. (laughs) Okay, so wait a minute. Now, you're on the line now. So how do you demonstrate showing compassion to your wife when you're having communication? I have to just look at her and just go, honey, this isn't, you know, this is not how we should be doing things. Please let me just, you know, go over here or you go over there when it's her, you know, because we both take turns being the the unruly hothead. And so <laughs> uh, we, whenever somebody says something, whether it's her or me saying, well, wait a minute, this is, you know, it's it's already gone far enough. The other one generally picks up on it, and, and we can we can talk about. It. Is that was that your question? Yep, that was perfect. That is absolutely great. great. All right, so the second key, authenticity. You know, and that's one of my one of my one of my core principles: transparency, yep. vulnerability, which really is authenticity. It's all about being honest. But but go ahead. You were starting to say something. I interrupted you. Yeah. So no, it's just it's how you say it. Authenticity is. Um, so in order to connect well, what we're talking about, how we're talking to each other needs to be very authentic. And I mean, you would think that that would go without saying in a marriage or in a relationship, but, um, I think that again, Romans 12, two comes into play. So many of us conform to the ways of the world and we hear this message that we need to look or be a certain way or act a certain way. And so I think even in our own communication, in the walls of our own home sometimes people are not authentic and so we need to be able to share how we're really feeling and and how we what, what's really on our mind yeah i don't have a problem with that do i do I have a problem with being authentic i don't think so if you're if you're holding back in any areas that you need to talk See, about i'm not aware you. of that's it that's right okay <laughs> all right the third one empathy now this is something that jesus he demonstrated so well. Yes. Empathy is is putting really putting your selfish desires aside and putting your spouse before yourself, and and it's really putting yourself in their shoes. Really understanding it's not sympathy, but it's empathy. Really trying to understand life from your spouse's perspective. Jesus did it so well in understanding people's lives from their perspective. Plus, he was God, so he knew what they were thinking. But you know, it's. This is something I'm still working on. We've been married almost 30 years. I'm still working on this because I, I'm not real good at empathy with you. I'll work on it. I promise. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Oh, that's so nice. But the thing here to remember is that these are all just keys to connecting well. So if we're intentional, if we're trying, if we're making a difference, if I'm trying to have compassion for where you're coming from because you see life differently than me, if I'm trying to be authentic and you're trying to be authentic in the communication and you have a desire to be empathetic, um, I need to recognize that. And hopefully we're just continuing to connect better and better. 
You know, James, Jesus's brother, half-brother, uh, who was really in charge of the Jerusalem church, he, he wrote these verses. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So ready, aim, fire. As opposed to my method, which is be quick to listen, be, be quick to be slow to listen, quick to become angry. And I came into a back. But you say fire, aim, ready. Yeah, fire, aim, ready. <laughs> That's right. It, it is. If That's we would demonstrate, if way. we would demonstrate that in our marriage is quick to listen, mm-hmm. slow to speak. Just shut up for a moment. Listen and slow to become angry. That would just change everything. If you would just when your feelings are hurt. Just say, well, that hurt my feelings. And then just listen, because maybe somebody's got something on their heart. But it is, I mean, it's something I have, this is something we have had to work with and work with and work with in our marriage. Because this is something I really struggle with, to be slow. I'm, I'm pretty slow to listen. And I'm, you know, I, I want to be able to be empathetic towards you. Well, and that's the last... Do I do any better today than I did 30 years ago? Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're not well, positive. it's not like one of those things where you wake up and you're measuring it. You don't measure Well, I just asked you to measure it on air. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, but now I force it. Was that authentic? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I mean, yes, it's you're authentic. You're listening together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. I'm not sure you want to stay tuned. It might get no. ugly next. No, just kidding. You know, Martha, as we've talked about this, you know, we, we just got done talking about James, but at the, at the end of this chapter, it talks about these, these three pieces. Stop, look, and listen. And, and that was something that really spoke to you because that's apparently something I don't do really, really well. And I was being quiet and nodding my head. So I, was, <laughs> I, just, I was practicing here. Stop. Nice. So what is it that we're supposed to stop? Stop responding. Stop reacting. Give a person a chance to say what they're saying and listen to what they're actually saying without reacting. Well, and also stop if you're doing something else. I mean, if you're reading the paper, reading watching the paper, TV, and you're trying to have an important, serious conversation, you definitely need to put it down. Make well, sure that they focus. know. So that's the look, the stop, and then the look is looking each other in the eye, making sure that you know. I know without a shadow of a doubt. That if I want to communicate something important to you, I do not do it while you're watching something on TV because you, that is that you, you don't, you, you're focused on that. So it's not even fair to expect you to really pay attention to a serious conversation, nor would you ever want to be having a serious conversation. No, I got to shut with, it off. Got to shut the TV off. With, uh, what is that? Um, I'm, what am I trying to think? Of I have no idea where you're going right now. You know, the little Opie and... Oh, Andy Griffith? Andy Griffith on in the background or something like that. I mean, because that's riveting stuff. It is. It's very good stuff. Oh, well, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. I hope, I hope that maybe we challenge you. I mean... This communication thing is a big, big deal. If you just tuned in right now, go back and listen to the archive. The art of listening is so important, and and communicating in all of our relationships is something everybody can work on each and every day. Hey, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Jose Cruz for giving great input into the show today, even though reluctantly so, and for just a great conversation today, Martha. So much appreciate it. Just, it's just good. I know this is something I got to work on. I'm still working on it. Hey, go out to our website tonight on your way home, iworkforhim.com, and uh, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Join the nation and join a thousand or more people in our 
area in Tampa Bay that are praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. And when you're out there, you can also get all kinds of great information about what's going on in the world of I Work For Him. You know, we learned today something, probably you didn't learn it, but maybe you were reminded it, just how important it is for us to learn how to communicate effectively and to connect with people. Listen, that's how Jesus was so effective. He connected with people. He looked them in the eye and I wasn't there, but I can tell you that the, the way people's lives were transformed, he connected with people. Everybody who met Jesus, their lives were never the same again. And that's the impact that we can make in our homes, in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. If we're connecting with people, talking with people, having fun, just having a conversation and being quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. So easy to do those things. But wow, remember, there's an epic battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees and our spouses. Our marriages are under attack. We can solve a lot of those things if we would just communicate and talk to people. You've been listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.